Report card time. How did the outfield and the utility guys, because you can't forget about the utility guys, how did they do according to you, the Locked On Everydayers? Well, we're going to find out. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And you can help the show out in a few ways. Please leave us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. And if you're not subscribed, Please subscribe to the show and become a Locked On Everydayer. And whether you're watching or listening, come over to YouTube and leave a comment. It's one of the best ways to get in touch with us and be a part of the conversation. And today's show is brought to you by Sleeper. You can swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Who wouldn't want that? Download the Sleeper app and use our promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. There are some terms and conditions that do apply. You can see Sleeper's terms of use for details, and they're currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Thanks for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. Mike, we've had ourselves a great week of grading all the members of the Angels 2023 roster. Thanks to our Lockdown Everydayers again. Over 350 people responded to our survey to help us grade the roster, Mike. And so far, we've done the starting pitching, the bullpen, the infield, and now we're moving on to the utility guys and the outfield to wrap up our roster report card episodes. In fact, we're going to get it started with those utility guys because there were some guys that played all over the infield. Sometimes they played the infield and the outfield, and I think it would be most appropriate to start with a guy who really impressed, especially in the second half. Let's start with Luis Renjifo, Mike. He scored a 2.96. That's good for a B+. Plus. Mm. According to our Lockdown Everydayers, some of the comments that were popular among Luis Renjifo's uh, grading of the year were second half star, play him daily, and improving. Uh, a lot of sentiment around the idea that he's gotten better over the last year and a half, basically. Mike, thoughts on Luis Renjifo, thoughts on the comments, thoughts on the grade. This is why you got to be an everydayer because everydayers know that this guy isn't the bum that some part-time uh, Angel fans would call him because I know that the narrative around him has been, well, he doesn't play really great until the second half. He's not really that great of a player, and he only performs when the team is, is terrible. But we did a show where we showed his stats during some of the most significant portions of the season, and he really did come through. And a part of that was because they were playing him every day. And I've been as frustrated with Renjifo as other people. Same. But the, the truth is, is that I think if you give this guy – a position and you tell him here's where he's going to be or at least he's going to be in the lineup every single day i think that he will thrive and i think he's proven that the last two seasons even though the games haven't mattered i think he's proven that and so i'd love to see this guy not just as a utility guy backup guy i'd love to see him as a starter and maybe give him one or two positions i think he can play third i think he can play second base give him one or two positions to be able to own and let him thrive in 2024 what do you think johnny yeah, he should be an everydayer, just like a locked-on yeah. everydayer. There you go. <laughs> Mike, we did that deep dive, like you mentioned, into, hey, is it just a second-half thing, or is there more to it? And in both instances where he started to pick it up, as you saw the playtime increase. In fact, yes. like you said, I, I would encourage uh, those who might have missed it to go back and watch that segment on Luis Renjifo, because I think the data backs it up. I think the stats back it up that he is a much better player when he's got consistent playing time. And I think this year 
really prove that. Somebody who didn't get consistent playing time, at least at the major league level, Mike, was David Fletcher. Why don't you talk about him? Yeah, Fletch got a 1.84 score. That's good for a D. And some of the comments are underutilized, needs more playing time, and miss the old Fletch. Hmm. And the frustrating thing with Fletch, Johnny, is that whole contract manipulation narrative that nobody talked about, but everybody knew was taking place. Yeah. And and right now, there's kind of a big question mark as to where his role will be in 2024. Give me your thoughts on Fletch. Yeah, you know, he recently spoke with Jeff Fletcher of the OC register before the season was over and didn't really have a clear picture of like what he needs to do to get better. He thinks that what is there is inside of him in terms of, yeah, the way I used to be is, you know, who I can be tomorrow basically Mm. is what he said. And I think the comment and the sentiment of we miss the old Fletch, it rings true because since 2021, we haven't really seen, uh, the Fletcher that got us excited for him to be that like gritty gutsy yep. infielder that he's been, especially yep. defensively. Don't get me wrong. Defensively. I think he's super solid and right. really does well up the middle, whether he's playing shortstop second or even third base. Mike, yeah. I think he does really well at all those different positions and he makes spectacular plays. But the thing is, is he got figured out by the league. He yeah. got figured out. He, they know how to get around him. They know how to uh, play him in the outfield so that those bloop singles don't drop in. And and nothing about his swing has really changed, uh, at right. least from what I observed uh, in the games that he was up in the majors. I know he had a great AAA season, and I know that there were a lot of people calling on him to take Squid's place, which I would have totally been sure. about that. Right. I mean, I'm not going to uh, – at least David Fletcher can fly out and hit somebody over rather than striking out. And the truth is, is he actually lowered his strikeouts uh, this season as hmm. well, which I think is a, a significant step because he used to not strike out. He would put the ball in play or take a walk, and the walks have really come down for him in the last couple of years. So David Fletcher, I, I'm not quite sure what they're going to do with him next season. Uh, yeah. That contract stuff is, is yeah, really interesting. Mike, this is a guy that you like a lot, and yes. I like too. Michael yes. Stefanik, he got a 2.21 score. That's good for a grade of a C. Some of the comments around there were, let him play. Solid bench piece, and of course, Gwen Stefani. He had that huge <laughs> game against the Yankees yep. when Gwen Stefani was in the crowd. Why didn't she keep going to games? We could have yeah, used her more. She was the key. If she was the key. <laughs> Gwen, please come back. There's no doubt about that. Uh, listen, when it comes to Michael Stefani, I think that this is the best showing he's had with yeah. a major league club. Wouldn't you yeah. agree? I do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Michael's got to stick together. So I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to be a fan of this guy. And he's another one of those hitters that makes contact to Johnny. And that's what this lineup needed. Yeah. And can you imagine having a Sean in the lineup and a Stefanik in the lineup, uh, a slap hitter? I think Stefanik is probably a more gap to gap type of hitter mm-hmm. and he really improved his defense. And that was the thing that really kept him out of the major leagues for a long time. And the guy looked really great, not just at second base, but he looked great at third base as well. And so yeah. I, I agree with these, these comments in the grade because I, we didn't get to see too much of him. And I think the let him play narrative is something that the angels need to listen to next season. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I think he needs to be, uh, you know, the, uh, Sturrez of next mm. year. He's the guy who doesn't play back. every day, but I mean, he's the guy who can play third and play second and get you those contact hits when you need it. Mighty Miser, not somebody you rely on every day. And, can also be a little bit annoying that you're like, oh, they're in the lineup again. But at yeah. the same time, it's 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 a good backup yeah. to have. He's right? two for three with a walk and an RBI, and he had two great defensive plays at second base. That ends up what what Michael Stefanik does in the lineup. You're like, <laughs> well, I'm glad he was in there. Somebody else that 
has a big question mark, Johnny, is is Jared Walsh. Yeah. And and Walsh's grades were really low, and they should have been. Uh, 1.12 score, that's a D minus. Some of the comments were get well soon, maybe next year, and poor guy. And that's mm-hmm. really how I think a lot of us feel, you and I especially. Walsh's that guy you just can't get mad at because you see him hustling and you see him playing hard. And as much as I love Sean O'Well at first base, having Walshy at first really is a key to this defense. But what I love about this guy is that he does play outfield and he played it really well on the tail end of this last season. And so perhaps he can be a, a maybe a fourth outfielder and a depth piece. But man, if Walshy can get back to the Walshy he was just a couple of years ago in the All-Star, this would be a huge get for the Angels, right? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens when he comes into spring training because he had a great spring training this season. Yeah. And then he was, you know, coerced into taking care of his neurological symptoms that he was having the double vision the the migraines the headaches the insomnia stuff you really got to take care of and he wasn't going to take care of that and and so it was good that he did but then coming back from it he really struggled especially when he came right away back to the majors after a few games in triple a went down to triple a and was pretty good seemed to find it again had a few good walshamania home runs there but mike i think if he comes into spring training next year i think he's gonna have uh, a lot, all of that behind him. I think he's going to come in really well prepared. Yeah, and and, and just that consistency uh, from day one, I think is yeah. going to be really important to him. Somebody similar to Jared Walsh in terms of playing first base and right field was Trey Cabbage. Mike, talk about Trey. Yeah, Trey had a one point one five score from Locked On Everydayers. That's good for a D grade. And some of the comments were too many K's, power potential, and more development. What didn't translate to the majors was that power. And we yeah. were at a game, Johnny, where uh, they were playing the Pirates, and they had a chance to come back and score some runs, and actually did off of their uh, their closer. And then Cabbage was up, and he grounded out to the pitcher and ended the game, and so kind of deflated the whole the whole game. The truth is, is that he he's somebody that if he can really translate what he's doing in AAA to, to the major leagues, he could be a, a really big power threat for for the Angels. And he can play a bit of infield. He can play a bit of outfield. And so, and he's big. He's really tall. Yeah. And so to have to have him on this team, I don't know if he would be a potential starter. I think he'd be a, certainly a depth piece. But he, he's got to figure that stuff out. And he's got to figure it out in a way that will translate to playing not every day, but playing every once in a while. And if he can be consistent, which I think is what Stefanik figured out this year, then I think we see Trey in the major leagues next season. Yeah, he had a lot of power in AAA, but he also had a lot of strikeouts. And I think that's just going to come with the territory with a power guy like Trey Cabbage. Maybe he's the... Kyle Schwarber that we that we have, you know, with three true yeah. outcomes, baby. Walk, hit, strike out. He gets 100 RBIs <laughs> and over 45 home runs. I'll take him every single time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, coming up on Locked On Angels. Angels. Coming up on Locked On Angels, we're going to tell you why you got Mickey Moniak's grade 100% correct. And given the short season, how did you guys grade Mike Trout? We're going to get into all of that coming right up. Locked on Angels is brought. brought is Aha, I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> you can swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to a hundred times your money. Everybody wants that. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and decide if they will overperform or underperform in their stat categories. Really simple to use, and when you get your picks right, you could win big. Sleeper works quickly too. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less, and there are safe and fast withdrawals and all payouts. You can download the Sleeper app today, and when you do, use our promo code Locked On at sign up, and you'll get up to a $100 
$1,000 match on your first deposit. Check out Sleeper today. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Lockdown Everydayers, of course, tomorrow is Fan Mail Friday, and there's time for you to get your questions in. So please do so. Get at us at Lockdown Angels on Twitter or at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. You can also give us a call on our voicemail line. That phone number is in the episode description below the video or below the play button if you're on the audio side. Give us a 30-second voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. We'll do our best to get it on Fan Mail Friday. Johnny, let's talk about some of the up-and-comers in the Angels organization. And there are some up-and-comers, contrary to the narrative out there. There are (laughs) some young guys that you can be really excited about that are actually not in the major leagues. They may have made an appearance every once in a while, but are are really good players. And I think to start, we need to talk about Kyron Paris. Yeah. Uh, Locked on Everydayers gave him a score of 1.33. That's a D grade. Some of the comments were, needs more work, not ready yet, and overmatched. I agree. I think this guy, when he came up, we had a lot of excitement for him. Uh, the fact that he stole some bases, I think, shows a lot of great potential on the base, the base paths. But for him, I think he needs a bit more time to develop. And again, it goes along with the narrative of some of the guys we're going to talk about in this segment, that they just need some more time. Epler guys need some more time to develop. It takes them a while to really put it all together. And, and Paris is still on the young side. And so I think that he's somebody that could cook a bit in AAA. We saw what happened with Joe Adele. We'll talk about him in a second. But with Joe Adele this last season in AAA, and I think Paris needs the same amount of time to be able to to marinate, to be able to cook a little bit and to be able to develop. Yeah, I think I don't think it was a bad idea to bring him up just to see what they had in him. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right now, too, especially with the way the season panned out. It wasn't until the Angels were totally out of it that they were like, yeah, pick him up, bring him sure. up, bring up sure. Paris. And he played up the middle, Mike, played a little short, played a little second, played some outfield, which was cool to see. And he played good defense. As well. Yeah, and he played some, some decent defense there, too. Uh, one guy that I was really impressed with and I am rooting for significantly uh, is Joe Adele. Now, mm. he, I think here's, I'm just going to tell you what the score was, yeah. what the grade is, a 1.98. That was good for a D plus. And some of the comments were improved defense. Uh, he needs a full season and maybe next year. Mike, I think that there's some uh, bias toward what happened in 2020 hmm. and 2021 and 22. Like, I would have given him a much better grade this year than I would have any of the years prior yeah, yeah. than a D plus. I, I think for me, it's like at least, at least a C plus. And I know he got hurt and I know he might've missed his chance to really step up the season. Cause the plan was, you know, Trout got hurt and Joe Adele was there. And then his oblique blew out just like everybody else's oblique <laughs> blew out. Um, but I actually agree with the fact that his defense improved. And in fact, he played yes. all three outfield positions Looked really great for the first time in his career. I mean, he's made some great plays. Don't get me wrong. But I also think that you you weren't holding your breath each time the ball yeah. went out to Joe Adele. Uh, needs a full season. I'd like to see a full season in the major leagues. And speaking of that, you and I had a thought about him having a full season in the minor leagues. Why don't you share that? Yeah, we we felt like it would be really important for him to have a full season where it's not really interrupted in AAA and let him work on all the things he needs to work on. And these comments are uh, 
a result of that, he has improved def- defense, and there is a question of, hey, maybe next year because he is somebody that we saw improve. Johnny, the biggest thing that you have to pay attention to, and this is why being an everydayer is really important, is his swing path to the ball was completely different at the end of this yes. last season than it's been in a really long time. And right. I think the word you're looking for is residue because there's a lot of yes. residue, right? Because we know this guy who was kind of young and he really wasn't figuring it out. And so I, th- I think people have this like bad taste in their mouth, this residue from that. And the guy we saw at the end of this season when he came back from the injured list is not the same guy that we saw make a really bad mistake and give up a home run off of his glove or his head <laughs> and, and, in 2020. And so I, I would love to see this guy get a, get a shot to earn a spot on the angels in 2024. Absolutely. Yeah. Somebody who took his place was Jordan Adams when it comes to plays off the glove and over the wall. Yeah. We'll talk about him in just a second. Like <laughs> this guy's not so much an up and comer, but he does fall into the Billy Epler category. And yep. that's Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward was given a score of 2.45 from our locked on everydayers. That's good for a C plus. Uh, he got hot before the injury was one of the comments get well soon. And he was off to a slow start, started slow this season. Yeah. Thoughts on Taylor Ward. Yeah. Wardy is somebody that you really want to root for. Um, he really started hot two years ago and then started to pick it up in July. I think he had the most RBIs in the month of July. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong on that, but he like in, in baseball, like up he was until he got hit Yeah, up until he got hit. Yeah. He was, he was, he was crushing it. Right. And, and I think what we want to see is a, a full season of Taylor Ward and what he actually can do. And I, I'm not saying that he's Rendon, but he's in that category of, man, all of these things that are happening to him just seem to be fluke things that are frustrating, right? Yeah. And so I could see him getting frustrated with that as well because it wasn't his fault. He ran into the wall. It wasn't his fault. They got hit in the face. Like, I, I want to see what he can do in a full season because I think Taylor Ward could potentially be a 30-homer guy because he seems to have the power. And if he can figure out how to get his batting average back to where he was at the start of two seasons ago and that smooth swing, I think that we would really see a big threat. And I think he's a, I think he's a cleanup guy. I don't think he's the leadoff hitter. And with this team now, he's definitely not the leadoff hitter. I think he's a cleanup guy and could really knock in some runs for us in 2024. But yes, he, he needs to get better. And it's going to be interesting to watch him get comfortable in the batter's box again. And that's hard, hard yeah. to do already. Not having a ball thrown at your face. Now trying to be a major league ball player and knowing that the ball is going to, potentially hit you in the face. He's got to work through all of that stuff. And so I I hope that he has the opportunity to do that. So he comes refreshed in the, in the spring training time in 2024. You know, you said something yesterday about, it might've been about Zach Neto or somebody, but it was basically like, you don't lose your good eye at Mm -hmm. the plate. Mm -hmm. And I agreed with you. And then I got to thinking as you were talking about Ward, Oh, he definitely lost his good eye. He did. Yeah. This that's interesting. Yep. Yeah. And and I think that's the big difference between this year and last year is that when he started out last year, he wasn't swinging outside the zone. He wasn't swinging at junk. Yeah. And you'd think that with Marcus Tim's emphasis on swinging at stuff inside the strike zone that Taylor Ward would have excelled at that. Man, the guy was just chasing out of the zone a lot. He looked really scared, season. got the yips almost, right? And when he's yeah. in there and if the ball was close, it seemed like he was just kind of swinging at everything and that wasn't the taylor ward that we learned about and came to love really in 2022 we'll see how that shakes out when he comes back uh hopefully he's ready in time for next season mike jordan adams is another one another athletic dude right who can 
you know, catch a football a hundred yeah, yards. I'll take his the- body. He can hand that over to me. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're going to be good the rest of your life. But yeah. when it comes to the baseball instincts, it does seem like he needs a little bit of time. He got a 1.18 score. Mm. That's good for a D minus. A lot of the comments were around the thought of he's not ready yet. Needs more marinating and one to two more years. I think I agree with that. Yep, what about you? Same. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. I think he needs a bit more time. A guy that I don't think needs more time and would love to see in the starting lineup next season is Mickey Moniak. And I think Locked On Everydayers got his grade correct. A 3.14, A minus. Breakout year for this guy. Great defense. He was streaky. Grit and leadership. I love that he is in that category of Ohapi and Zach Neto, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that if you think about him in that same category as Neto and Ohapi, I, I support that. That end of the year video that the Angels put out, especially the young guys talking about, like, hey, we're going to go out there, hang with get us. after it next mm-hmm. se- season, hang with us. I really appreciated why Mickey Moni or that Mickey Moniak was in that video. Mike, why did they get his grade exactly right in your words? Because he's somebody that. We saw a lot of potential in two seasons ago, and and then watching him this year, I know that there could have been some frustrations of like, well, he got hurt, or or well, he was you know getting lucky and all of that stuff. I think all of those things are a part of his story. But I love that the everydayers didn't just look at the first layer, but went went a couple layers deep and said, this guy is gritty. He's gutty. He's a good leader. This guy, when he was streaky he wasn't swinging at junk he was hitting the balls in his zone the way that marcus timms said to do that and so Mm. what what i love about him is that he's coachable and then the the biggest thing is at the end of the year he hit that home run off a lefty and so you're seeing him improve there and so i I really appreciate that the everydayers saw more than just the top layer they saw a few layers deep and said this guy had a good season and so let's give him that acknowledgement well it was a lefty on the a's mike so i don't know if that totally counts right (laughs) shut your mouth Locked on Angels is brought to you by Jace Medical. You can take control of your medical care and your treatment with a Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, and it all is in the Jace case, and it's simple to fill out a Jace case. Just go online, and um, in some cases, you can jump on the phone, and you can talk with one of their board-certified physicians. Plus, you get ongoing care from those physicians at any treatment related for any treatment-related questions. The Jace case is doctor-created, doctor-recommended, so you can trust it. You don't have to be caught unprepared in a case of emergency. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. You can get $20 off your Jace case by using our promo code Locked On when you go to jacemedical.com and at checkout, just put in Locked On. Again, that's jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Mike, it's time to talk about Mike Trout and the outfield veterans. And we had four of those guys for this round of outfielders. And we're going to begin with Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Hunter Renfro received a 1.41. That was good for a D grade. Some of the common comments among our Locked On Everydayers that they sent to us were underperformed. Uh, (laughs) I liked this one because I felt like it summed it up well. Runners in scoring position is his kryptonite. Yep. And yep. great defense. Uh, definitely right. had some good defense. Got that great arm in right field, but really underperformed. Was not the guy that we needed this season. 
and and he was not the guy he's been in previous seasons. It makes you wonder. I mean, it wasn't just an angel problem. He did struggle with the Reds and eventually right. got let go from right. the Reds as well. Kind of makes you wonder uh, what happened there with Hunter Renfro. Yeah, Johnny, he was on fire when the season started. And yeah. I remember he was leading the team in home runs, had 10, I believe, like by maybe mid-May. And, and then all of a sudden just couldn't find it and wasn't making contact. And there was a big hope in the second half that – Hunter Renfro would find it. And even after the trade deadline, Hunter Renfro is going to find it. There was That was the narrative, but he just never could. And then when he did, it was already 10 nothing, and then he hits a home run. Or we're <laughs> up 10 to, 10 to nothing, and then he hits a home run, makes it 11 to nothing. And, and his defense is the only thing that really kept him in this lineup. And when they let him go, I, I think it was, uh, you know, it was a tough move, but I think it was a good move. And what happened in Cincinnati was just a, a high five to the fact that this guy isn't the same guy that he was the last five years. Yeah, I, I really am disappointed because when the, at the time the Angels made the move, it was like, yeah, he's not going to hit for a high average. There's going to be some strikeouts, yeah. but he'll at least hit you 30 bombs, you know, 25 to 30 in a season. And then we did a deep dive, Mike. We were like, where did we go wrong with Hunter Renfro? And yeah. we realized that not a lot of his RBIs or home runs came in meaningful moments, mm -hmm. even in his past couple of years with other teams. Uh, it kind of makes you think like, oh, now I get why he's, you know, yeah. five different teams over Again, five different years. looking at his stats from way back here. <laughs> Looks like a good season, but yeah, yeah. When you when you put your when you put your nose to it, you realize, oh, this stinks, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, another guy that was really disappointing was Randall Grichuk. Mike, he got a score of one point eight two. That's good for a D plus grade. Mm. Uh, some of the comments here, I think I agree with all of these. Yeah. Too little too late yep uh expected better and garbage time yep. <laughs> which i think was the whole there were there were two halves there were 50 games and tw the first 25 were awful and the second 25 were great yeah but the second 25 were all garbage time we mm -hmm. needed that randall grichuk in the first half because we made a deadline move for him to replace taylor ward right yeah and when you look at his uh stats over the course of an entire season he was outperforming those stats when we traded for him. Mm. And then when he finished the season, he landed at a right at right about where he averaged. And so that was the thing that maybe have was a, uh, an over judgment or uh, over characteristic, you know, with, with Perry Manassi and he didn't see that. And obviously they needed an outfielder that would replace Taylor Ward. But I think that they thought, Hey, this guy's having a good season. Let's bring him in. But his numbers went back down to his averages, which is about 250, 260. If only they hired somebody who, you know, was really into looking at expected averages and expected. Is your resume still with him? Yeah, it should be. It should be in there. I haven't heard back from them yet. But Come on, Perry. Honestly, Mike, we wouldn't have had Randall Grichuk if it wasn't for Taylor Ward getting hit by Alec Manoa. I mean, yeah. he was essentially just there to replace Taylor Ward. I don't think yeah. they would have made that move for Grichuk if Taylor Ward was still no. there. Uh, no. This this guy, I, I have good feelings about Brett Phillips. Um, he received a... 1.6 score that's good for a d letter grade uh, some of the comments around him defense only uh, he brought the energy and the enthusiasm and then of course his words baseball is fun and yeah. i think that's what brett phillips brought to the table um there was that game against the nationals we called the brett phillips game early on because <laughs> yeah he's the only one who got on base and scored runs in that right. game because he worked his way on and stole bases and took the extra bag and everything and then he was gone, and then yeah. he was uh, accepted his assignment to AAA, spent pretty much the whole season down there until 
you know, we sent everybody pack in on the waiver wire and then they brought him back up, had a good week of like some power all of a sudden. Um, and then he looked like regular Brett Phillips again Yeah. after that week. So your thoughts on Brett Phillips and the season that he had. Him being sent down opened up the opportunity for Mickey Moniak, so mm. I'm, I'm thankful for that. However, Brett Phillips is the guy that a good team needs, and he's mm. the Orlando Palmero on the team, <laughs> right? He's that guy that can come in and fill in the slot, bring the hype, he can run the bases, and he can help score some runs in games that maybe the team isn't hitting. But when this team started in, in 2023, it was a team that were like, okay, I can see why he's still on this team and why he is that fourth outfielder and why Moniac's not up because he wouldn't be playing that much. Mm -hmm. But as things started to kind of fall apart and people were getting hurt, it made sense to move to some of the younger guys. But if this team was healthy all season long, I think that we would have a higher grade for Brett Phillips because I think he would have really made an impact and would have been somebody that would have the squid role where he's coming in for defensive purposes or he's in to steal some bags and he would would have stolen some bags and he wouldn't have made errors. <laughs> he would have been he would have actually been good in the outfield yes, and yes. on defense and stole some bags. Yeah. Yeah. I think he brought a lot of intangibles to the team. But you're right. I totally kind of forgot that, that about that whole debate of why isn't Mickey Moniak? Why is it Brett Phillips? Yeah. Well, because Brett played like four games before he was sent down to triple right. A. You know? like in May he'd only and, played like four games. You're right. And yeah. Nobody wants that for Mickey Moniak. So it was good Moniak got more playing time. Mike, we gotta talk about trout, of Let's course. Go. Mike Trout got a 2.56 score. That's good for a B minus. Some of the comments here were another lost year. Yeah. His, his worst season, if you don't count the first year, rookie year, where he played 40 some, some odd games. And then please stay healthy. Ironically, that's what was on the Mike Trout card last year. Please yeah. stay healthy. So here yeah. we are again. Your thoughts about the score, the grade. Trout season and the comments. Lots of questions about Trouty and his offensive stats this season. I know he didn't have a full season, but there were a lot of concerns about his swing and miss. There were a lot of concerns about his ability to hit with runners in scoring position. And is Trouty getting older? The hard part is it's hard to evaluate him, John, because we just don't know. Like he didn't have a full run at things, at least 140 games, 145 games. And so I would love to see that because I would love to see Trouty perform i'd love to see what he can do and we aren't able to really evaluate him in a really healthy way so i think b minus is a is a nice kind grade for mike trout because it's hard to evaluate a guy who hasn't been on the field and what was this season going to be a bad season for him we don't know yeah not sure i mean there was the question of like is he regressing is it because he's getting older yeah none of the numbers that are there that have indicated for decades that a guy is getting older and regressing none of those numbers applied to mike trout yeah we, we did the deep dive on that early on in the season because everybody was questioning his ability to catch up to the fastball and whatnot and it just it's not true yet he's not getting old he's not regressing it's not that kind of stuff yet uh, i really think that he just needs more time and and a longer yeah. season and yeah and a bigger sample size at the end of the day so yeah i think that's a fair grade i think it's a nice grade um, a B minus. Uh, I, I feel like the comments are, are right on the money with Mike Trout. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Hey, Locked On Everydayers, we're going to be doing Fan Mail Friday tomorrow, so we would love to hear from you. So give us a call, and that number is in the episode description, or you can reach out to us on social media. John, where can they find us on social media? You can get at us at Locked On Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Rose on Twitter and Instagram. And again, if you want to give our voicemail line a call, 
number there, 714-409-6396. We really want to get your questions for Fan Mail Friday. In the meantime, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Thanks for hanging with us for the 2023 roster report card. You guys did a fantastic job. Bravo. Thank, thank you to the over 350 of you who submitted your answers. We appreciate it, and we really enjoy doing that this week, so we hope you enjoyed it too. All right, friends, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Angels, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.